Hello, everybody. I'm Del Shores. I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. I am not hearing you. You're hearing me. Today's show, we're going to do MLK Day, the rabbi who thinks the vaccine will make you gay, James Dobson and Franklin Graham gnashing their teeth, chastity cages that got hacked, bills targeting trans people and trans youth, a rainbow virgin Mary drag race, and Gwyneth's exploding vagina candle. Oh, now I don't hear you. You have to unmute, unmute, unmute. Hey, everybody. You know, never a dull moment. It's a free show. Hold on, let me text him. To unmute yourself. Everybody, I mean, look, it's the end of this administration. It's the end of the nonsense. Uh, do you see? I know. Y'all, I'm just going to do a monologue while he, there, now talk. I'm going to go away and come back in. I can't hear a thing. You're delicate. You're fine. Now we hear you. I can't hear you. Oh, okay. So it's, it's tough. Okay, um, bye. Well, he's going to try again while he works on that. Uh, I want to share a story about Martin Luther King Day from yesterday before we get into all the nonsense, because <clears throat> I think it's really important given the year that we have had uh, since last May and the death of George Floyd and the focus that we put on pride and protests and black people and being anti-racist. And we saw so many Republicans yesterday pull MLK quotes out of context who he definitely would have opposed. And I wanna talk about uh, letters from a Birmingham jail that he wrote. Now do you hear? I can finally hear. Okay, great. Let me keep going. Um, there was, uh, because Martin Luther King talks about white moderates, right, in the letter from a Birmingham jail. And so I hope you've all read that portion, but I was rereading it again this year. And there were two other sections that I felt like we don't see as often and really resonate that I wanted to share. He writes, Lamentably, it is an historical fact that privileged groups seldom give up their privileges voluntarily. Individuals may see the moral light and voluntarily give up their unjust posture, but as Reinhold Neighbor has reminded us, groups tend to be more immoral than individuals. How that's relevant is when we talk about systemic racism versus personal racist acts, right? When we as white people say, I'm not racist, that is not ultimately what matters and what black people have been talking about. It's the racism in the systems that we as white people benefit from. And then the second piece he said, is he said, time itself is neutral. It can be used either destructively or constructively. More and more, I feel that the people of ill will have used time much more effectively than have the people of goodwill. That made me think of the last four years. We will have to repent in this generation, not merely for the hateful words and actions of the bad people, but for the appalling silence of the good people. And then he closes it saying, so the question is not whether we will be extremists, but what kind of extremists we will be. Will we be extremists for hate or for love? Will we be extremists for the preservation of injustice or for the extension of justice? Perhaps the South 
the nation and the world are in dire need of creative extremists. And I loved that phrase, creative extremists, right? We can't all fight in all ways, but that's the point of the creative part. And I'm committing myself to being a creative extremist, as he says, for love and for the extension of justice. That's great. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, look at us. Well, we did it. I told everybody while you were gone, I said, look, it's a free show. Shit happens. You know, it, and it's we're not the only ones. My God, I want CNN on. They go out and they start. And then, you know, somebody... And you go, oh, they're frozen. We get it. Yeah. We understand the frozen. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, the earbuds. Uh, I can hear you fine now. Uh, did you want Wait, hold on. Wait, let me address this. Because this person over on YouTube said, yes, you have to apologize for the violence of, for, from Antifa. And I don't even need to answer that directly. Martin Luther King addressed that in this same letter. He talked about how if you are more upset by the actions of the people protesting the negative things being done to them than you are about the injustice being done to them, you don't actually care about equal treatment for all people. And, and, <laughs> and I'd like to say also to, to uh, his name, Mr. Gerardo, when you, when that's the first thing that you start with, then I'm pretty sure that you are a racist. I'm sorry. Because if you don't start with, I need to look and I need to listen, but you start, but we have to do that, you know, Antifa, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's, it's really uh, time for us to stop that shit. It really is. Uh, you, you know, because I, I do not support Antifa, but I will be damned if I'm going to listen to someone bring up Antifa who is on the right every time you get called out on something. So, uh, and, and, and to be talking about Martin Luther King and these amazing quotes, and you did this, just go the fuck away. Yeah. All right. Um, Wait, and much lighter, you know, as we are gathered here today, and you sent me this and I loved it, uh, on this, the day of our dear Dolly Parton's birth, we will cleanse the conversation yeah, oh, it's, it's so great. If guys, if, if you want to, I, I, I actually made that. Can you believe I made that? I'm so proud. I know. I was able to, to go on the little, uh, you know, whatever that is and Photoshop, not Photoshop, but on the, yeah. but here's, I, I wrote on, I love Dolly Parton so much and I'm not going to take up any time telling my stories. Just go to my Instagram because I do a whole uh, 15 minutes about my my obsession and love and meetings with Dolly Parton over the years. Uh, so yes, happy birthday, 75 today, Miss Dolly Parton. Um, so like, um, and all and all the things she's doing. Like I'm I'm so proud of like getting one thing done a day, and she's at 75 with 80,000 projects, a million dollars to the COVID vaccine, her libraries all across Tennessee and the world, and she's still putting out new music. I'm sorry, I didn't have to block that person because he's fighting in the room, talking about censorship. So I just took him out of the room. I don't, I don't need that today. Um, so uh, saying that I support censorship. Okay, so let's 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 keep going. Um, uh, did you watch? Did you? I, I don't think you did, but I watched the Bill Maher uh, interview with Kellyanne Conway, which um, you you said no, I'm not going to. No, uh, it makes me angry. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, it, it was it was interesting because it's as much as I and I can't stand her. I can't stand her. I can't stand how she's she's acted during this whole administration. Uh, you know, it's it, it, I, I think about 
the um, the interviews that she's done with with say Chris Cuomo and how she just she's just like just will not shut up in her justification. It was so interesting how she was calm with Bill Maher. I couldn't I couldn't. It was like a different person almost. And uh, but but what was really sad about it is all she kept going was uh, all of his accomplishments are going to be overlooked. All his accomplishments are going to be overlooked because of this one incident. No, darling, it's not over one incident. It is over a litany. It is over many, 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 many things that he is going to go down as the worst president in the history of the United States. And and so uh, and and also she really needs Roger from the Beehive to give her a hot oil treatment. Um, it, My problem with it is. Now, my problem with Bill is because when she and Bill do that, they're having an academic debate and the people we're fighting on behalf of these things have real world implications for. She's nobody now. She's irrelevant. She does not have a hold of position in our government. And giving the people who made this possible a platform to me, even if it's to argue with them, I don't I think that's bad. She right? She's not an elected official. I think I don't want to see her on any shows that I want to see Kaylee McEnany as a talking head on CNN. I don't want the people, not the people who like low level assistance and things, but the people who stood by and were the mouthpieces for the falsehoods from this administration continuously throughout. My, I'm just not interested personally. Yeah, well, I kind of had to watch it. You know, you know well, me. I know. Well, but also because like you, I can just see you at, on the panel arguing with them. Like it's definitely our skill. Your skill set suits that. Yeah, yeah. Till you crawl. I get tested earlier. I, I don't know. I'm just in the mood today because I want to be in a celebratory mood. And I just want everybody to know that that's watching and saw me just lose my shit a little bit. I am in a, I just saw Biden and Harris arrive and I am so happy about that and, and the joy that is in me and the emotion that is in me. So I'm not going to have somebody come in here uh, from the right and start slapping and, and, and picking and and doing all this bullshit. So I am I go I I I blocked them in the room. And and you know if they think that that's not that I'm blocking free speech, so be it. It's my show. It's our show. It um, sure is. But you were saying about Biden and Harris. It's interesting because like right now they are having the COVID memorial service that they are all at. You know, it's like there's a photo of Biden giving his speech from leaving Delaware with tears on his face. And I just thought just the the baseline level of like compassion and humanity. And yes, we will have significant arguments and fights over policy uh, for the next four years. Um, but just that baseline level of humanity and understanding what the what the position represents, what the leadership represents, that, that he can feel that, that he feels anything for other people. I was well, like, I choked up looking at the photo of him. They keep, they keep bringing up the word empathy. And yeah. I thought that is the one thing that was void in, this, in, in much of this administration. It's really interesting to me. I mean, we saw Bill Barr, uh, you know, who, who was ultimately filed, fired and who was uh, not fired, but he resigned or he was going to be. But Bill Barr crossed Trump at the very end with this election. He, he actually, you know, he made a statement and it broke on AP. To date, I, we have not seen any fraud on the scale that could have affected a different outcome in the election. And Trump went so crazy over it that on December 1st, there's now, it's now reported that, uh, Axiom has reported that there was a meeting where Trump just went off on him and, and said, you must hate Trump. There's no other reason. You must hate Trump. 
And it's like, that is the pet, how petulant he is that if you cross him on any level, you hate him and I'm done with you. So I, uh, I, I love that he's, he, that, 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 that bar literally said bullshit, like just went right back at him. And I don't like bar. I don't, I can't, I, I, he was complicit. He was, he was just a tool for so long. And he, like many other people, are now, you know, we're seeing McConnell today. We're the same, the, all these people that were, you know, up Trump's ass forever, but now they're seeing, uh-oh, uh-oh, he's leaving the presidency with, you know, a 29 approval rating. I need to, I need to protect myself in some way. Uh, well, McConnell doesn't get any credit because, I mean, I know you're not giving it to him, but like he literally waited till today because Trump's final address has already been released and literally immediately the press will stop paying attention as much to what he's saying. And so all of this is performative for the Biden administ incoming administration while you've got Josh Hawley in there already saying he's going to hold up the Homeland Secretary cabinet nomination. So it's this is McConnell playing politics at its worst. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, I I say exactly one thing. you know, I'm going to jump off this Trump uh, train or this, you know, the rats off the ship now. And it's it's too late. I, I we remember we remember, you know, Lindsey Graham, when you start licking, you know, Biden's ass sometime in the future, which you will, uh, you know, because that is who you are, then. We, but we're going to remember all this other shit. The biggest hypocrite in the Senate right now is Lindsey Graham, in my opinion. So um, I, I'm, I, it'd be, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. And, you know, with the 50 50 that they have in the Senate and they're going to have to they're going to have to, you know, play footsies with each other. Yes. And even as they go, I love the like there's a hysterical absurdity to the like petulant departure you know, you think back to Michelle Obama having to sit across from Melania Trump, who she and her husband both uh, continued that racist birther conspiracy. And Melania won't we meet with Jill Biden and Trump like running out tail between his legs. I mean, I think it's wonderful, like good for the Bidens for not having to even pretend and take the photos. But it's also sort of hysterical of like, I'm taking my toys and going home. Yeah, it was my... He, he's uh, and, and I, I I refuse. This is one thing because I really admire you for this, Emerson. You know, with the Kellyanne Conway, and you say, "No, I'm done. Fuck them. I'm not doing it anymore." Uh, and you know, I'm 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 a little bit different than you. I have to look. I have to look. But I am. I I, I want to make a commitment. I am not watching his farewell speech. I'm done. I'm going to watch Randy Rainbow like three times. Uh, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fair the fucking well. Get the fuck out. Can I tell you that I sat down earlier because it was released at like one o'clock here and I saw that like it was out and I watched like the first 30 seconds because I was like, we do a news show, you know, I should, I was like, nothing he is saying here matters. None of it is relevant to anything. He can't do anything. All we've got left tonight to wait for is who's on that list of pardons. You know, Joe Exotic's over in that prison with his fingers crossed. Yes, but that's the only thing left. And I was like, I don't need to watch. I do not need to watch. And here's the thing with Kellyanne and all of that, you know, I am a like, I want to hear all sides. I do want to hear what real conservatives and libertarians think about small government, about how we should deal with taking care of each other. I do think challenging each other on those things can be and is positive to represent the best interests of the most people the most of the time. But I think this is so different because the way Sarah Sanders and the way Kellyanne Conway, you know, and the way, and not just the women, that's just because they were the press secretaries, but the way so many people stood in the gap 
uh, and didn't slap down the incredibly horrifying things Trump said and did, I think they should be held accountable differently than people that would normally be across the aisle. I don't feel that way about the people that were in Bush administration. You know, this is different, right? Oh, no. like they, they contributed to destructive aspects of our democracy. Kayleigh McEnany has been lying about the election and perpetuating the things that led to the invasion of the Capitol in the way they pursued. Like, those people shouldn't get a second act. That's all. Yeah, good. I and I hope they don't. And then in fun news, you know, and also people are getting taken down. That poor My Pillow guy, I, and I say poor kidding, you know, um, Bed Bath and Beyond and Coles stopped carrying his pillow. The voting machine company sent out a cease and desist, and now they're telling him he can't destroy documents because they were straight up lying about the voting machines. Like, I can't wait for the parade of lawsuits and court cases to come from come for people who thought they were impervious because Trump was behind them or supporting them because they supported him. I cannot wait. Yeah. That, and this is La Pilla. He made a couple of nickels. So they can get a little, they can get some of his money. That's yeah. stupid. Yeah, please do. And put it to good work. That they, um, I just, uh, I just uh, had, I had a friend who did not, had no idea, just had no idea that this My Pilla guy was a, and I was telling him, you know, this was the first round when we he was exposed and he was going, I just bought one and I got a I got a free one. I got I bought one and got a free one. What am I going to do with them? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sleeping under my pillow. Fuck it. I um, mean, for me, that falls a little bit of like it's already paid for. I like yeah. throwing away stuff you already own. I don't know who you're spiting at that point. It's like when everybody was throwing their Keurigs off balconies and stuff. And I'm like. Okay, but like that doesn't affect the company. Oh, I didn't throw my Keurig off. I like my no. Keurig. And, um, I don't remember how that was, but you know, I'm not one for like performative boycotts. I think it's one of the lesser productive uh, things. Um, I think people refusing to buy a product because I don't like what that person stands for speaks volumes. And it's just too bad if the my pillow stock plummets. Yes, good. Um, now turning the page. What are you going to do? In the, what's everybody going to do tomorrow for the inauguration? Do you have like a plan? Do you have a plan in the morning? It's early for us. Well, early for me. It's um, by that time I will have written for an hour and gone uh, on the mic, and then uh, I'll come back by nine o'clock and, uh -huh. and watch the whole thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the morning off. Yeah. After that, and you know, and if I don't get if I don't get that whole um, that whole uh, writing in for an hour, I'm, I am going to get the exercise in before. Uh, yeah, that, that I, you know, I have to stay on that, um, that program. Oh my goodness. I wish people would know my sketch. Swan? <laughs> um, so I'll swan. Yes. Going to watch in, in MSNBC. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, Jacob. I know. Well, I'm going to get up. I got to set like four alarms because you know, y'all, I don't do that early stuff so I can be up by like, 7.45 or 8 to see like the pre-party walk-in and then the Lady Gaga concert before the before the swearing in. Uh, yes, and, and, and I love I love all the A-celebrities they're getting. And, and there's supposedly, I was reading that Trump is really, really upset over Gaga and, and Tom Hanks and all, that they get all the good ones. Because, you know, what did he get? Scott Bayo and- I know, uh, it's like all you've got is uh, Clint Eastwood and Scott Bayo and- and Kurt Cameron reading the Bible or something. I don't know. Kurt Cameron 
Okay. Kirk Cameron in a parking lot singing hymns or something. Yeah. Uh, he, and and um and and um Kirstie Alley doing a monologue from Cheers. I don't know. <laughs> Bless her heart. Well, you know, it's like they did it, they you know, because they've been doing these inauguration events all week. On Sunday night, we watched the, the little concert that Deborah Messing and Keegan Michael Key uh hosted. And it was like, you know, Cher singing, Carol King singing. They introduced Barbara Streisand and I turned to Blake and said, you know, she just sent a voice memo again. And it sure was. She sent a voice memo and they put her picture on screen. But, you know, it's like, oh, you can have icons and Garth Brooks will be there tomorrow. Yes. Uh, which Erica said, I just can't wait. Yeah. And, and okay, so some silly news. Uh, yeah. Yeah, did you have something? No, yeah. So, no, totally. What we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. We'll get on to some of these stories, y'all. Yeah got me into the nonsense. So the Israeli rabbi, uh, Daniel Asor, uh, warned listeners, any vaccine made using an embryonic substrate, and we have evidence of this, causes opposite tendencies, makes you gay. So um, this, this rabbi is saying that the vaccine will uh, make us gay. Uh, well, we already, I just, I tweeted just as long as it doesn't make me straight. Uh, no, no basis in fact, of course. Uh, it's, the, it's supposedly the embryonic subtract is about an element of the new vaccine used to program immune response in patients. Now he's also sp spread a bunch of other conspiracy theories. He, he was the one who said that the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin uh, Netanyahu will microchip patients with the vac vaccine. And, uh, you know, like a dog, you know, just put a little microchip when you get the vaccine or somehow, somehow they can put a microchip in that liquid. Uh, and then that uh, international uh, cabal uh, consisting of Bill Gates, the Freemasons, and the Illuminati engineered the COVID-19 pandemic as a means of population control. So that was just that was just a way to get rid of some people. I know. And I love just love these people. I'm like Jigs. I'm getting a double dose. Then I'm just not gay enough. You know, hey, I'd like to top a top up my gay. You know, I know Jigs. Jigs, if you get more than one dose, you're just going to float off. You are going to float the fuck off. Uh, uh, great. A gay shot. I think that's a great excuse for his trips to the tea room. Our these poor, these stupid, stupid people. Uh, I love that people like our. Our governments can barely figure out how to get the vaccines to people. Can you imagine? He thinks Netanyahu's over there in Israel with some nanotechnology that they can put a microchip that can fit through the needle of a vaccine and into your body and nobody knows anything about it. It's my problem with all conspiracy theories. Like, people don't keep secrets well in general. That's right. That's right. And, and what about that? That, 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 um, uh, with Bill Gates, what, what, what do you think that he thinks that Bill Gates has against, you know, a crowded population that, that Bill Gates, he just wants to thin the herd, Bill Gates. I know. Uh, you know who's not worried about overpopulation? Billionaires. That's right. They don't give up. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly I mean, Lord, he's probably got an underground bunker under a mountain somewhere with, a you know, enough food and a cycle that he could live for generations, millennia. He did think that through Emerson Collins. He did not think that through. Um, it's, it's also how I always feel about the aliens. I'm like, I just don't believe that people at the Pentagon managed to keep that, that much of that stuff a secret. You know, all this, like conspiracy theories, I figure, you know, Lord, think about how hard it is for us not to tell somebody something once we know it. Yeah. It was somebody in my life one time that read a book about aliens and then got very scared. And I, I kept saying, what about them aliens? What about that? <laughs> Just 
I know. Jonathan said, I don't think I could get more gay. If I was any more gay, I'd be Leslie Jordan or Harvey Firestein. Look, it's something to aspire to. You know, yeah. I prefer to live my life in a way in which there are so many stereotypes. There is no question. I know. I may, you know, I, maybe I should start using my hands just a little bit more above my. Have I, have I ever told you my favorite, my favorite stereotype joke that I learned when I was a baby homosexual? You know, why does some gay men go like this? Uh, There's not always room to go like this. <laughs> You're a silly guy. <laughs> Third. Um, all right, y'all. Uh, rolling on a little bit. You know, Lord, there is gnashing of teeth happening with the conservatives and some of those bigots and hypocrites. One of our favorites, James Dobson, you know, founded Focus on the Family and Family Research. If he'd focus on his family a little more and a little less on mine, I'd appreciate it. Sent out a newsletter recently called Where Do We Go From Here? saying America is in its momentous and dangerous days. Now he's upset the Supreme Court hasn't supported all that election fraud conspiracy and actually said, unironically, I'm no lawyer. I join my voice with millions of citizens who are frown profoundly disappointed and alarmed by the court's failure to do its duty. Well, the court did its duty. You just didn't like the result. That's right. Once again, 38% of people believe there was widespread fraud. He doesn't mention people believe that because Ted Cruz and Fox and all these people kept telling him there was. His fear of Biden and Democrat majority and why it's relevant to us as we move into this administration, he said, we can also anticipate quick passage of the horrendous Equality Act. America and Western civilization will never be the same because it is not possible to back up on a freeway. If you are too intimidated, or distracted to give priority to your children, the popular culture will take them to hell. He said previously, the Equality Act represented one of the most egregious assaults on religious liberty ever foisted on the people of this great nation. And I mentioned this, we, yes, it's fun to laugh at them and laugh at like their gnashing of teeth for the next few days, but they know what we wanna do and they will fight with everything in them to maintain their individual, <laughs> deeply held religious belief to be a bigot and we will need to keep fighting that. Yeah, and, um, so and, and, and it's so interesting, like, because remember there were, we got a few people that go, oh, that's a little much, the anti-equality revival in a very sordid wedding. That, that, that and You read things like this, and, well, we didn't go too far. There were, I, yeah, we didn't go far enough because you got one more. Uh, yeah. All right. So here we go with Franklin Graham again. His, I think Billy is just spinning, just spinning in his grave. Uh, Franklin, uh, who's just not very attractive. Look at him. Uh, still fully on board with Trump. He, he, he has this Facebook uh, post that said, shame, 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 shame on the 10 Republicans who joined with Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in impeaching President Trump after all that he has done for our country. You would turn your back and betray him so quickly. We have never had a president like him in my lifetime. Oh, thank God for that. But the House Democrats impeached him because they hate him and they want to do as much damage as they can. And these 10 from his own party has jo have joined in the feeding frenzy. It makes you wonder what the 30 pieces of silver were that Nancy Pelosi promised for his betrayal. Oh my goodness. We got a Judas reference there, y'all. Go right back in the 30 pieces of silver. 
Chihuahuas, I'm trying to do a show. I know, and you know what would make that 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 story of Judas come alive for me? I would really like to know, like via you know cross currency and inflation, how much thirty pieces of silver amounts to today. I'm sure some pastor. Hey, Erica, search on the internet and see <laughs> if somebody has calculated the equivalent modern day equivalent of thirty pieces of silver. Because I would just like to know how much Judas betrayed his. Erica's our volunteer research assistant. Eric, uh -huh. can you please get all that? I just wonder if, you know, 30 pieces of silver. I just wonder if there, there were like different denominations of silver and we don't, maybe there's a silver dollar or a silver quarter. I don't know. I don't know. I also, one of my favorite things is when somebody stands up for their personal integrity, what they believe in, you know, we, we've talked, we've bemoaned how few Republicans joined impeachment, but for these 10 Republicans that did, truly, let's be honest and think about how much that does take. You know, yes, we can say, oh, it's obvious and you should and it's to be easy. But when you think you're going against your party, your life goal is to be a politician and enact policies that you want to do. It makes it very likely you'll be challenged in the future. You know, you have to look down the road of your life and make this decision. I don't think it was super easy, even for those 10 and why so many more didn't join them. So it really was a strong decision to make. And so for him to look at these people who made a decision that will make their political lives more difficult in the world right. they work in. And to call that, that they must have been sold out to Nancy Pelosi, the degree to which that is so gross. It, uh, it is so gross. Exactly. Okay, wait a minute. People got some answers. Ken said it's $185 to 216. Douglas, not 525. Now wait, are y'all doing 30 pieces of silver today though? Because we can't just do direct modern. We need it 2000 years ago-ish. Uh, because $500 sure doesn't seem like enough to betray your best friend. I mean, give it, give it, give it what you, you know, just uh, put it in today's cycle. I, you know, for, for me to betray you, it would at least take six or 700. I mean, at five. Oh, I, you would, you would do it for 250 and you know it. It's like that indecent pro proposal movie way back when they were all tortured. Really? About, would you get paid a million dollars? Let somebody have sex with your spouse for a million dollars? Yes. Yes. In a minute. What's the question? Why was there torture? A million dollars? Absolutely. Honey, we can afford a lot of therapy and personal growth and healing after the fact, even if you're a monogamous. Let's just be practical about I know what it was. The torture was the attempt of Demi Moore to play torture. That's what it that's where it was. Wasn't she wasn't it Demi Moore in that movie? Oh, she yeah. was, she worked so hard at that torture, that torture. I know. It was. It was just so, I was like, y'all, yes, just go have the sex. And then you can figure out, you can deal with any trust issues you might have while you're on vacation spending that million dollars. Honestly, with Robert Redford, I'd just like say for free. Uh, okay. This is what, I love it. I'm thoroughly entertained by these responses. Ken now says 12 to 15,000. Erica said 30 pieces of silver is about five weeks worth of money based on a six day work week. Okay, I'm gonna say Judas. It does not sound like that was enough. It doesn't. It seems like that I was. Mean, if you're supposed to spend a month's salary on an engagement ring, you basically just sold out your friend for an engagement ring plus a week. Thirty pieces of silver. That is not enough. That's what those ten Republicans. They're like they. They. I wonder how what the thirty pieces of silver was. Franklin Graham. I just wonder. Just I know. He'll never know. He can go to his grave wondering. You go to his grave while he's carrying a cross up the hill.
That's right. Get up to Golgotha while Sandy Patty sings. A truck. Wandering up the Via Dolorosa. Yo, we've reached the halfway point of the show. We do thoroughly enjoy all of you joining us regularly and bringing you our take on the LGBTQ news and nonsense as it happens. Uh, thank you for being here. If you enjoy it and you're sitting on piles of money, if you've got more than 30 pieces of silver in your bank account and you want to share a piece or two or 10 or all 30 with us, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. Thank you to Jiggs and Michael Shane who have already contributed today. It is not required or expected. We are just grateful for those who have it and want to share. And I love that you talk about this and wait, here she is to say it. Kelly's once again said, if I win the lottery, I will give. We are so grateful, Kelly. So many gifts that she's giving out. I just, I love that. I love it. Love it, love it so much. She, I got a house coming. She's going to get a house in Arrowhead, I think, or Big Bear. Yes. Um, get a whole house. I'm, I'm a part of that. It's, a, it's, it's, it's up. That lottery, that, that big old lottery is up. It's up to a lot. It is. Somebody was saying it's like uh, hundreds of millions and millions oh, and millions. Yeah. It's huge. It's huge. Um, uh, all right. Well, rolling on. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we told you a story about the chastity cages. For those who don't know, it's a little contraption you can put on your penis and lock so you can't get an erection. It is the thing that some people enjoy denying orgasms and role play, a little control. Um, here they are. This is the company we talked about. Cellmate. There was, it's a Bluetooth controlled, so your partner could control it elsewhere. The problem was there was a security flaw that meant that it could theoretically be hacked. Y'all, it happened. A hacker seized control of a number of chastity cages and told the men who owned them that they would have to pay him a fee in Bitcoin, not dollars, Bitcoin, in order to regain control. Screenshots of the conversations were shared with a security researcher. One man was told, your cock is mine now. I mean, I don't know about you, but that would be really terrifying if uh, somebody sent a message that said that. And another, they were interviewed by a man named Robert said he was grateful he wasn't wearing his chastity cage when the hacker contacted him to say he had seized control. The hacker demanded 0.02 Bitcoin, which is about $750 right now, to unlock it. Robert went and checked his device and discovered that it was locked. It just wasn't on him. Another victim, RJ, said he was contacted also to say they'd taken control. And it does not seem that they found anyone who was wearing it when they were blackmailed or threatened. But if they had been wearing it, y'all, it's fully covered and there's a big metal ring and it would require a heavy duty bolt cutter to get it off. And I don't know about you. I don't really need a heavy duty bolt cutter near the sh my shaft or my taint because I was engaging in a little uh, recreational activity with somebody can you imagine and buying them i don't understand getting like oh this is what i'm gonna hack this is where i can make the most money by hacking this but it did make me wonder how much 30 pieces of silver was in bitcoin <laughs> well if it's 700 i feel like i mean it's like two or three, maybe. You know, the, the, the currency exchange for electronic currencies now is so weird. That's a rabbit hole I've decided I'm not going to learn about. But Sunshine said, I'm so old, it was just a lock, a lock and key holder. Yeah, it used to be like you put a little lock through the plastic cage on the top and gave the key to somebody. Now it's like, oh, it's an app on your phone. But Lord, that seems dangerous. It just seems it seems like a lot of money that could be spent elsewhere to me. <laughs> but look, I mean, look, just be, y'all be, you know, 
be careful in your recreational activities. That's all. All right. Well, uh, back to Miss Dolly. Uh, it's a, you know her 75th birthday today. I said that. Uh, but Tennessee lawmaker John Wendell introduced a proposal to erect. Uh, look at that. A segue. Erect. Oh, I see that. I see what you did there. There's an entendre. Yeah, I see that. Uh, to erect a statue of Dolly Parton on the state's capitol. I just think it is the most appropriate thing that I can think of is to put a statue of Dolly Parton at the Capitol. Um, he said, at this point in history, is there a better example, or just in America, but in the world, of a leader that is kind, decent, passionate human being? Parton is a passionate person who loves everybody. Everybody loves her. She has contributed so much and sacrificed so much of her time to so many great causes. Uh, she was mentioned in 2019 as a replacement for the bust. Uh, there you but go. again, of a Confederate soldier and KKK member. And Trump assigned an executive order to establish a national garden of American heroes. Um, that's part of this story as well. Now, um, that, that, that's almost in other news. I just, I, I feel like that, uh, by the way, I, I've been thinking about his library, the Trump library. And I think- Hold on, before you do the library, let's ask everybody. So their comments come in while we talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, if, you yeah. a, if you were gonna put a statue in this new National Garden of American Heroes that Trump wants to create, who do you each think is most important to put in that garden? And then his library. What about it? Oh, I just think that he there should be a room for for uh, for bust and 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 statues of all these bigots that he wanted to uh, keep. These uh -huh. that's where they should put them in the Trump Library. Well, and what's so frustrating, even about this uh, about these these statues, right, is that the idea of it is actually good. But the White House statement that they put out is that the reason he wants to do this is because people were tearing down all those statues. Remember the ones of bigots, yeah. racists, of slave traders, of Confederate soldiers? So it isn't a good thing. It's like, oh, we can't forget our history because people are trying to destroy our history. Well, what people were doing was saying, let's not glorify people who may have done some positive things, but also did truly, truly terrible things, racist things, misogynist things we can go ahead and acknowledge the complicated histories and accept that there are some people that should be in our history books, but don't need statues. You know what would be really, really funny? If, if, they, did, if they did somewhere like a museum of bigotry and they put all these, uh, these assholes uh, that they, they tore down, all these Confederate statues and all these busts, and they added Trump's statue there. I just think that that would be hysterical. Well, you know what else they could do with all those Confederate statues and things they took down? You know, where we could we could cross some of these issues together, put them somewhere and let them be target practice at a gun range. That'd be nice. Yeah. Like, look, use your Second Amendment all you want practicing on these statues. OK, let's see who y'all said for some of the statues. Jig said Dolly and Dell. Jigs thinks you should get your statue up there. Sweet. Sweet. Dr. Fauci. Nice. I like him in there. Brent said Jeff Stryker. Hey, he look, would. we can celebrate all kinds of American accomplishment. Erica said Milk, Harvey Milk, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Obama and Dolly. I'd say Martin Luther King should be there. 
Hillary Clinton. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. He should. We have, there's a decent number of things to some of these people already, of course, around the country. Um, Jonathan said there will never be a Trump library. I mean, honestly, unless he can figure out a way, there definitely there will because it's a thing that you know they do. But unless he can figure out a way to make money off of it, he won't care about it quickly. RuPaul, that's uh -huh. a good. Somebody said a mini statue of Brother Boy. Oh. Al said Betty White, and they should hurry so she could be at the you know ribbon cutting. I think they should just do the all the the Golden Girls, like like you know, like Mount Rushmore, the same. Yep. Ella Fitzgerald, Sondheim, Stephen Baldwin, Cory Booker. You know, it's interesting when you look at the list they put out. There really are a lot of great people, a few like wonky ones, but it's the fact that they're doing it in response to this other stuff that once again demonstrates that nothing about this administration was ever just about doing things in the interest of America. Exactly. Okay, well, these next two stories, and reminder, you know, we will keep talking because tomorrow is very exciting, but there is so much that we want to be able to immediately do and so many issues to immediately address and redress, and the bigots uh, are not resting. We cannot either. Down in Mississippi, State Senator Angela Burks Hill has proposed what she is calling the Transgender 21 Act. It would prohibit certain medical procedures from being performed on a minor and penalize anyone that tries to advocate for trans youth to seek healthcare related to their identity, even if it is non-surgical or non-hormonal. Trans youth wouldn't be allowed to seek gender affirming care. Medical professionals could be punished for even bringing up their gender identity without the consult and express permission of a trans youth parents or guardian. It would also make it legally required for medical professionals to out trans youth if they try to receive treatment related to their gender identity or face civil punishment. Doctors would face civil punishment. Now they have said the bill's purpose is to prevent anything medical that would address a discordance between an individual's sex and sense of identity. And the proposal says that people under 21 should not receive gender affirming care because they are incapable of comprehending the negative implications and life-altering difficulties of their decisions. Now, before we even get into that medical professionals know what they're doing, every individual's healthcare should be between them and their doctor. In Mississippi, you can enlist at 17. You can get cosmetic surgery, vote and own a gun at 18. You can get married at 15 with parental consent and drink at 18 with parental consent. But you would have to be 21 to receive any kind of trans-affirming healthcare from your doctor. Huh. I want to know more. Like, so in Mississippi, you can drink with parental consent, but does the parent have to be with you when you're drinking? Is that, I wonder if that's what it is. Mississippi people, tell us, because I want to know. Or do they just give you a note? My son, Delford, can drink. And of course, that flies in the same face. Like, if you can die for our country, if you can decide who runs it, you should certainly be able to decide between you and your doctor what you do about your health care. It is just transphobic. It's attacking the medical community's knowledge on these issues and dealing with the delicate matter of trans youth and trans teens. That is why doctors do what they do. Um, and so this is just one of many places that trans people are being attacked around the country. Yeah, and there's... A and in related in related news, at least ten anti-trans bills have been introduced in seven different states in the first weeks of 2021. 
this year Republicans have sponsored bills that would ban trans students from playing on the school sport team corresponding to their gender. That's in Montana, Montana and New Hampshire. And then they criminalize doctors who pro, uh, provide gender affirming health care to trans youth. That would be in Utah, Missouri, Indiana, Kentucky, and Alabama. Force trans people to use the bathroom corresponding to the gender that they were assigned at birth. That's in Indiana. And redefine child abuse to include parents who support their trans children and getting gender affirming health care. And that would be in New, New Hampshire. So there's just a lot of. You know, it, it's interesting because I remember when we um, when we got um, when, when gay marriage passed in 2015, I remember the HRC said our next big fight is going to be for our trans community. And it has been proven over and over again that they came and they came hard for them. And and they have learned that this tactic works on on conservative social issues. They get a law passed in one state, they mirror that same thing in another state, another state, another state, another state, so that when it gets to a court challenge, it can say, well, look, there's 18 states that think this should be the case, rule in favor of it. So it really is, as allies, as we move forward, as they lose control of the federal government, we cannot lose focus within our community on the myriad attacks in many different angles against trans people, starting at local levels and at state levels, because you know, the lead, Lambda Legal and the trans legal community, it, they need the support and need our voices and our money and our advocacy and our awareness and our showing up uh, to make sure that these laws don't slip through, that we don't find out, oh, this just got passed, that we know it's on its way to fight it early. And that is going to be a big thing in this next administration. Yeah. These are all just this year. Yeah. And, um, and it's January, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, like the, uh, I feel like somebody. Nineteen. Oh, uh, we didn't get a good answer yet to your your Mississippi Dranken question. Uh, well, you know, it's it's interesting because you said something about well, you can you know you can fight for our country at eighteen, but that's a big uh, you know that's a big uh, concern of a lot of eighteen year olds who want to drink, and you're you're too young, Emerson. But when when they lowered the age to eighteen to be an adult. Uh, I was able to drink in Texas at 18 years old when I went to college. And then they then they changed that law. I have always honestly felt personally that we should, we should make it 18. If you still lived in your parents' houses when you could first drink for the first time and you made some of those dumb early drinking mistakes, I think we'd see so much less binge drinking at college. You know, if you were familiar with it, you look at European countries. When I lived overseas in Singapore, I had Argentinian friends, German friends who like drank at home. It wasn't a big deal, French friends who had wine at dinner with their parents when we were in high school. And they didn't behave the same way when we were out at bars that like the American kids did because there wasn't the taboo around it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just a part of life. Like German kids having a beer. I think some of the fact that we make it so, you know, it's like we rebel, we want to try the things we're told most not to do, right? I've always kind of dumb. If you can vote and die for our country, you should be able to decide what you drink. I do. Yeah. Um, oh, Erica says, well, she got it. 18 to 21 must be in the presence of parents. So in Mississippi, you can drink with a parent. You know, the cool parents are hosting those senior high school parties all the time now. Yeah. So it's not just get a note from your parents. 
I guess yeah, I want to carry a note in my wallet that's like laminated that says, my dad said I can drink, leave me alone. <laughs> well, he would have to sign it. Uh, my son, Jonathan Emerson Collins, is uh, has my permission to drink. As Danielle just said, I remember after the gay marriage victory, someone saying for us to brace ourselves because now that conservatives lost the marriage fight, they're going to be coming after us hard. So well, you're and, it is, and it is on the rest of us to show up for trans people the way they have showed up for us on so many things. And, uh, oh. and we continue to do that on this show. And uh, in some of the around, well, where did it go? Oh, shoot. Hold on. I want to share this graphic because it's really relevant to the story and I must have deleted it by accident. Uh, we've talked a lot about Poland over the years and the many over certainly in the pandemic um, and the fights that our community is facing there. But it's not just about LGBT issues. It's literally speech and everything, because take a look at this. Uh, three Polish women are currently on trial for offending religious feelings by making posters of Poland's holiest icon of the Virgin Mary with this rainbow halo. They face up to two years in prison if convicted just for making this image. Wow. They put up the posters to protest a traditional Easter display put up by a church that listed the sins that believers were supposed to battle against, greed, hate, envy, but also LGBT and gender. One of the women told the court the immediate reason for our action was the homophobic and hurtful installation adding that she was a religious believer and saw nothing untoward about the protest using Mary, the universal symbol of love of a mother and child. This image is a famous rendering of the Virgin Mary from Poland's top pilgrimage site at the Jasna Gora Monastery. Conservatives celebrated the arrest. The trial was interrupted by some protesters shouting, secular, not Catholic Poland and rainbow does not offend. But so not only is it just being LGBT, it's literally just that this image offended religious people and went against the laws there, and they are currently on trial for making that. With a possibility of two years in prison. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Bonkers. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, uh, we have a little uh, drag race uh, recap and an update uh, down under in a country that I love, Australia. Uh, it's officially my Siri. I love Australia so much. My Siri is Australian. Um, officially arriving later this year for Australia and New Zealand, Rue and Michelle will be on the panel. And we have Drag Race. Oh, with such good news. Uh, season five winner, Jinx Monsoon, married her partner, Michael Abbott, this month in a stunning lockdown ceremony. Uh, they wrote, well, I guess the cats are out of their respective bags on January 9th, 2021. Michael and I said our vows and became spouses by law. That's right. Mama got married. Uh, all right. Let's cue that uh, gypsy soundtrack. <laughs> we, we, uh, we had an, a, a home wedding witnessed by our housemate with our officiant, Devin Green. Yeah, Miss Betty Bowers. Betty, Betty Bowers herself. Uh, safely Skyping in and our family and friends watching safely through Zoom. You know, I have not been asked to officiate any wedding on Zoom. I, I, I used to go and officiate a lot of weddings, but none on Zoom yet. But I love Devin and uh, I just love that they had the Miss Betty Bowers as their officiant. Yes. Well, and, you know, I'm a huge fan of Jinx and 
their talent and the things that they have done since winning Drag Race. But back to Australia for a minute. I'm so excited. This Down Under, uh, the, and because Rue and Michelle are already down there, so they are about to start filming it uh, as we speak for later this year. And right now we have ours on and the UK on. I mean, I, just as many as they want to put out, I will be watching. I cannot. Yeah, I, I actually saw when down in Australia, they have really good drag down there. They uh, like really good drag. So that, that'll be good. It'll well, be I would good. think, I mean, Lord, you know, Priscilla being one of the earliest. You go. Drag iconic uh, films. I love it. Um, did it. And what did you think of Friday? Y'all, Friday's Drag Race show, we find we got to see the, quote, losers round, those who lost the lip syncs the first uh, week. I thought they showed out. Oh, I thought that I, I was going, the losers, I thought outdid the winners. That's, that's what I was thinking. There's some really great talent there. Yes. Uh, well, and also it seemed like all the dancers were in this group. So the definitely the group choreography section seemed a little more together. But I got to say, I loved, we talked about it before, I think, Tamisha Iman, that they showed that iconic video of her daughter, Tandy Iman, who's passed. That's the Supergirl entrance from the ceiling that Tamisha was able to tell us about how they worked and made that happen. And that so many young people were encountering that video for the first time. I just love that this iconic woman who has been doing drag 30 years and just sort of representing for a generation of drag queens who did it when there wasn't a television show, when they were dragging those carry-on suitcases to the club through dangerous neighborhoods. Um, you know, we watched the pilot of Drag Race again last night. Blake had, had never watched season one and seeing Victoria Porkchop Parker season one with that Vaseline filter and was 39 years old then. I just love recognizing the queens who paved the way for this current era. I'm just yeah, I guess I should just to see where it all began. The production value was not nearly what it is right now. Is it? No, I mean, you know, it was clearly like we're trying it out. It was probably in the basement of World or Wonder. The first chant, the first challenge is a photo shoot clearly in the parking lot right behind the building. Uh, and Rue's like involved. And the runway was set up more like top model. Like you could see that they were like doing Tim Gunn and Tyra Banks. Um, and it's just really interesting to see the kernel of this idea that exploded through the years to this big thing. It's all streaming on Amazon for free right now, y'all. If you're on Amazon, that's why that's how we watched it. Awesome. Um, but I love it. I love it all. And then finally, you know, I don't, I don't, I love her so much. The bonkers world of Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow sells a candle, this candle that's that smells like my vagina. It costs $75 and it is sold out. Now, it started as a joke. She and a perfumer, Do Douglas Little, she was smelling things, and she said, this smells like my vagina, and they laughed. Apparently, that's not the current scent, which is geranium, citrusy bergamot, and cedar juxtaposed with damask rose and ambrit seed. I don't know what ambrit seed is, but that's Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina as a candle. Well, Jodie Thompson is a woman in the UK. She won one from a quiz, and it was sent to her in the mail, and she said, it exploded into flames in her living room. She said the candles exploded and emitted huge flames with bits flying everywhere. I've never seen anything like it. The whole thing was ablaze and it was too hot to touch. There was an inferno in the room. They had to throw the flaming candle out the front door. Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina exploded in this woman's living room. That's, uh, well, first of all, I just, there's so much about this story. I just, I, I have no interest in buying this candle, none. 
None whatsoever. You don't want, to, you don't want the scent of, of, of no. a lady, lady no, biscuit per, permeating your room? No, I don't want that at all. Maybe, you know, sweaty armpits occasionally would be. <laughs> that would I mean, be I'm honestly surprised that pheromone candles aren't a bigger deal. Because I got to tell you, I do love the analingus. And there have probably been periods in my life where if you had a butthole candle, I'd turn it on late at night while I got to thinking about my own personal business, you know, a little burn that candle in 15 minute spurts. Look at you revealing yourself on the air. Just telling. Just telling on myself. Years and years and do we have time for this? Years ago, there was this candle company here in LA and they put all these like flax seeds and all this, and it was a prosperity candle or it was a, you know, a serenity candle that you, so I I got one of these candles or someone gifted it to me and I'm having the the rap party for the revival of cheating the all black version. And it's in my house. And all of a sudden this candle ignited a lamp. So, uh, and so, so Pam Trotter come, or, comes running. No, it wasn't Pam Trotter. It was uh, Deborah. Her name was Deborah. She says, your, your lamp's on fire. Your lamp's on fire. And so we had to get a, a, a fire extinguisher that, that I, I can relate to the, I can't relate to the vagina smell, but I can relate to a candle exploding. Yeah. As Jared said, can you imagine the 911 call? Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina is belching fire in my living room. <laughs> As Santa said, if it smells bad, go to the gyno. Look, I just just think that personal personal candles, you know, do you know, clean butthole, two day old spicy butthole, <laughs> at post run armpit, you know, that that there there's they, if people could get them ordered and, you know, maybe the label said something out like fresh grass. you like, you don't have to tell people that that's what the smell is. Uh, somebody could probably, probably make a lot of money. Uh, Victor said, you know, you could get Dick cheese candle. <laughs> you know, it takes all kinds. We're all turned on by a wide variety of scents for a wide variety of reasons. <laughs> and Eric said, you got to get the vagina wax out of the carpet. Like the jokes write themselves. Just, I love that it was about Gwyneth Paltrow, who always has the most absurd things. And I personally feel that she knows. She does it on purpose. You know, goop and all this crap. She did that thing about jade eggs in your vagina, steam in your vagina years ago that women's health experts were like, please do not do that. You know, your vagina should have a certain smell to it. It means that it's doing what it's supposed to to take care of your body. You know, like don't strip all the oils and everything out of your body. It's protecting itself. Uh, I just love it. Did you smell like gardenias? Is that what uh -huh. they? Yes, that was gardenias and bergamot or something. I don't remember them smelling like gardenias from my uh, limited experience. <laughs> like it takes all kinds, all different aromas for all different reasons. No shame. Whatever your body smells like, clean out of the showers. What it's supposed to smell like, y'all. Those scents are for a reason. Trying to get rid of every smell of your body is actually more weird than what it smells like. Sometimes, sometimes I put on a little cologne just to do this show, just because I, I just to make yourself feel good. Yes, it's, it's, it's for sissy. Sissy goes, "Oh, I love your Isi Miyaki. I love it." Yes, she does. Well, we are reaching the end of our show, and once more a reminder: we appreciate all of your 
participation. If you want to send us a tip, you can do that on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. I do slip, split the tips evenly with Dell. I haven't said that in a while, but I do. And as Anna pointed out, the vagina is a self-cleaning organ, my gyno told me. Like, you you know, your body is supposed to have smells. You can decide how, how pungent you want them for your own personal taste, but those smells are for a reason. Embrace who you are. Amen. Amen. Well, that seems like a good note. Y'all, We're I'm going to go wrap up my evening, get ready for the inauguration tomorrow. And on Friday, we will celebrate all together with how it went. Yeah. Next time we see you guys, we will have President Biden and Vice President Harris.